I've traded my sorrows I've traded my shame I've laid him down For the joy of the Lord For the joy of the Lord Hey, good morning, everyone. It's Sunday. It's time for church. It's time for the saints to gather together. Praise His holy name. Thank you for making time today to be uh, on our Facebook live streaming time and we pray Father that uh, Lord you would bless this time that we have together hallelujah hallelujah I pray that if you have any needs today that they will be met by the presence of the Holy Spirit praise his name praise his name I can't believe last Sunday was uh, Easter so I have found out that I'm having difficulties with my thinking especially when it comes to the calendar because I would have told you even uh, this afternoon that Easter was a couple weeks ago. But maybe you're like me, uh, just things are so different. I mean, it's hard to really be in sync with the actual what time it is, what day it is. And so for me to think that Easter was only seven days ago, man, there's no way. There's no way. But uh, that's what it is. And we had a great service. So thank you for tuning in last week and and we just want to go to prayer or into praise and worship right now and uh, I was uh, sharing with someone about having a couple songs of praise and worship and they were noting that it's kind of hard to do that people really aren't probably participating but they're more watching well I'm praying that you will catch the the worship that is going up to the Father I pray that for you and your house, for you and your family, that you would be praising the Lord God. That this would actually, yeah, you don't have the words coming up, so that might be a little bit difficult. But how about if you just hum along? How about if you, uh, you just really enter into that praise and worship time? And you may need to sanctify. In fact, I'm hoping that you're doing that right now, that you'd sanctify your house. Sanctify the room where you're at, the equipment that you're using. And when I say sanctify, we've talked about this last few weeks. Just say, Lord God, I am sanctifying unto you my home, my equipment, this time together that we have. I want to be a, a worshiper. Lord, help me to be in that, that spirit, in that attitude. Hallelujah. So you're sanctifying the place where you're at. Hallelujah. That will help. Hallelujah. Praise His name. Water you turn into wine Open the eyes of the blind There's no one like you Into the darkness we shine, out of the ashes we rise, there's no one like you, none like you, our God is greater, our God is stronger, 
God, you are higher than any other. Our God is healer, awesome in power. Our God, our God. We praise you, Lord. Why are you turned into wine? Open the eyes of the blind. No one like you, none like you. Into the darkness you shine. Out of the ashes we rise. No one like you, none like you. Our God is greater. Our God is stronger. God, you are higher than any other. Our God is healer, awesome in power. Our God, our God, yeah. our God. Oh, one more time, water. Water, you turned into wine. Open the eyes of the blind. No one like you. None like you. Into the darkness you shine. Out of the ashes we rise. No one like you. None like you. If our God is with us, who could stand again? And if our God is for us, who could ever stop us? And if our God is with us, the one could stand again. God is stronger, God you are higher than any other, our God is healer, he's awesome in power, our God, our God, and if our God is for us, then who could ever stop us, and if our God is with us, then what could stand against, and if our God is for us, then who could ever stop us, and if our God is with us, then what could stand again? Then what could stand again? 
Hallelujah. Reminder today that this is the day that the Lord has made. He, we will rejoice and be glad in it. And a reminder that our God is greater than any other God. Hallelujah. He's greater than any other. He's greater than any government. He's greater than any governor. Come on, somebody. He's greater than any health director of any state. He's greater than the president. He's greater than uh, the Congress, the Senate. Hallelujah. He is supreme. He is supreme. And we say to you, O Lord, that uh, great are you, Lord. Great are you, Lord. Praise your name. Praise your name. Again, worship with us as we uh, think of all that he's done for us. You are love, you bring light to the darkness, you give hope, you restore every heart that is broken, and great are you, Lord, it's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise, we pour out our praise, it's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise to you only. Mm, You give life. You are love, you bring light to the darkness, you give hope, you restore every heart that is broken, and great are you, Lord, it's your breath in our lungs, so we pour out our praise, we pour out our praise, it's your breath in our lungs, so we pour out our praise to you only, it's your breath in our lungs, so we pour out our praise, we pour out our praise, it's our breath in our lungs, so we pour out our praise to you only. Great are you, Lord, and all the earth will shout your praise. Our hearts will cry, these bones will sing. Great are you, Lord, and all the earth will shout your praise. 
our hearts will cry, these bones will sing. Great are you, Lord, and all the earth will shout your praise. Our hearts will cry, these bones will sing. Great are you, Lord, it's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out a praise, we pour out a praise, it's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out a praise to you only, it's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise, we pour out our praise, it's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise to you only. You are love, you bring light to the darkness, you give hope, oh, you restore every heart that is broken, and great are you, Lord, and great Sing with me, sing with me, and great are you, Lord, great are you, Lord, Ooh, and great are you, One of the areas of uh, the Corona virus that affects the body, and, and is unfortunately, those who have died have died from pneumonia. They've died from the ability of the lack of ability to breathe. I picked out this song because the Lord tells us that He's our breath. We even hear in this song that. He can take the dead bodies and bring life. Hallelujah. The dry bones, call them back up. As we, as we read in the Old Testament, how the prophet, he gave us that prophecy. Hallelujah. And today, oh Lord, if there's a possibility that someone's listening today who has this virus, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Touch their body. Free them from this ungodly thing. I've heard it referred to as a monster. And it is a monster. But every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess, O oh Lord, that you are Lord. Lord, I am asking, O oh Lord, that you would set free the captives who are captive to this disease. In the name, in the name, in the name of Jesus. Lord, I, I pray over families right now who have encountered 
not only the disease, but perhaps a loss of a loved one. And I pray that you would minister peace to them, that you would minister grace to them. Lord, in, in this, this loss that cannot even be described adequately, I pray, Father, that you would remind them, oh Lord, that you, that you love them, that you do care for them. And Lord, we are asking, Father, that you would give an end to this disease in your precious name. We pray, Lord, that you would give, Lord, a vaccine, all that is required for it, Lord. I pray, Father, that as you are the one who makes the doctor a doctor, he makes the scientists the scientists that they are. I pray, Lord, that you would visit upon them the knowledge that comes from the Holy Spirit. And, Lord, we come against, again, this virus. In the name of the Lord. Won't you just worship him for a second? Oh, Lord, bring breath into our lives. Breath that comes from you, Almighty God. Oh Lord, oh Lord, touch your people. Free this country, Lord. All the countries, Lord, from this disease. For you are the light. Oh, that penetrates the darkness. Oh, Lord, you're the one who, by your stripes, that we are made whole. And we love you, love you, oh, Lord. And we love you, love you, oh, You give life, you are love, you bring light to the darkness, Lord. And you give hope, you restore every heart that is broken. Hallelujah. Great are you, Lord. Great are you, Lord. And everyone said, Amen. 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 Why well, you've got some announcements. It's, it's so good to tell the Lord Hallelujah. what he means to you. I'm grateful to the songwriters who put kind of the expressions of my heart into kind of a poetic way and it helps me to be able to tell the Lord how much I love him. So yes, I do have an announcement. I'm pretty excited about it. But before I give this announcement, just a friendly reminder, if you're watching us on Facebook, if it would be helpful if you clicked the like button Yes. And you shared, click the share button with your friends. That just helps get the reach out. Yep. So that's awesome. But the announcement I want to um, give has to do with something that the church can do to bring a solution to the plague that is 
haunting our entire earth. A lot of focus has been given to the victims of the coronavirus. They are, after all, the whole point of why we are sequestered in our homes, because we don't want to see anybody else have to get this dreaded um, virus and face all the possible consequences. But another focus has been on the first responders, the yes. medical profession. Amen. And they have done, from everything I've been told now, thankfully I've not needed to go to the doctors and I've not seen it firsthand, but I believe everything I've heard and seen on the news, the heroic measures that our first responders, the doctors and the nurses, and anybody who works in the medical field in supportive roles and in so many different ways. And we just applaud them. And they are really, really, really helping. Praise the Lord. To just make life better for the, and even bring victory to the ones that are suffering. But there is another thing that I'm going to say, another first responder, and that is the mm -hmm. people of God who get down on their knees. Mm -hmm. And it's on a spiritual level, but the Lord told us that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. Now, the right. coronavirus is wrestling against flesh and blood. That's right. But... In the terms of the things that happen when Christians pray, we can see the tide that came in and caused destruction. We can see it turn around. Mm -hmm. There's an oft-quoted Bible verse that says, If my people who are called by my name, Hallelujah. I'm one of those, and many of you are called by the name of God, it says, if my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray, then I will hear from heaven. Praise the Lord. Do you ever feel like God is kind of far away, right. somewhere sky high up in heaven? If you cry unto the Lord, mm. he will hear you, and he will heal your land. And we need the Lord's help. And so my announcement is, this week, starting this morning, well, starting at 12.01 a.m. on Sunday morning, and going all the way through till midnight on Saturday, so the entire week, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, we are going to be having a week of fasting and prayer. And it's going to be loosely organized. You get to pick when you want to pray and fast. You get to pick how often you want to pray and fast. Mm -hmm. It's just going to be, maybe you'll pray and fast every day at noon. Or maybe you'll pray and fast all day on Monday. Or maybe you'll pray and fast Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday at 6 p.m. So um, what we're asking you to do is set aside a time where you pray. And if you go on our Facebook page, we will 
give out some suggestions on different topical ways that you can pray. And while you're doing it, that also refrain from something. Most people refrain from a meal. Um, some people just refrain from other types of fasting, such as giving up screen time or um, television of some kind, um, giving up sweets. So pray and fast this whole week and believe that God is going to continue his work of healing our land and forgiving Hallelujah. our sins. And Hallelujah. we're going to see something miraculous come of it. So join us, especially our own church family, First Church of the Open Bible here in Dayton. But if you don't, if, if you would like to join us, no matter where you are, we, right. we invite you. And we invite you also to post your prayers on our Facebook page in the comments. So that's pretty much it. All right. Back to you, Pastor Gary. Okay. Can I take that mic mm -hmm. for you? So as we uh, think about prayer and fasting, I've already been started to commit myself that I'm not only going to fast a meal, but I'm going to fast dessert too that I would have had for that meal. And so, uh, Randy, you're laughing back there. But honestly, this is a good thing, and we want to, we really want to intercede. And so praise the name of the Lord. Uh, also, I want just to remind you that for giving purposes, uh, talking right now to people from First Church of Dayton, and that is don't forget to send in your tithes and your offerings, and so many of you have been doing that, and I just really, really... Uh, um, appreciate that our, our church does and so praise the name of the Lord and if you uh, want to give online you can do so by just going to our webpage and that is Dayton Open Bible all one word dot org and uh, you'll you'll see how you can give and just follow the steps so hallelujah well, I'm ready to uh, share the word with you this morning, and hallelujah. Let me just say this. Sometime during your life, if you're a Christian, you have heard not once, but probably a thousand times the story of David and Goliath. And it's like one of the best, best stories, and examples in the Word of God. I think if you go to youth camp, you probably hear one of the speakers at least every other year, and that will be their main text. And so I'm going to fall into that today, but I really feel that the Lord has energized some points. And, and as I was doing a devotional reading I was just so struck by something I read during that whole story in 1 Samuel that um, I felt that this is what I need to speak on. So, uh, so again, I'll tell you what, days are like weeks. You know how the Bible talks about, you know, that uh, you know, a thousand years is as one day and one day is a thousand years? Man, I am, I am tripping out on that. I think it's like Groundhog Day and uh, that old movie. <laughs> Because, again, it just does not seem like it's only seven days past Easter. 
and I just have my days messed up. So how about you? Are you in the same way as I am? And so uh, praise the Lord. This is the Sunday after Easter. And so I want to uh, share this message, which I've entitled, are you ready? Be a slinger and face your giants. Be a slinger and face your giants. So, uh, and by the way, face your giants. This is not about football today. If you have seen uh, the movie uh, Facing Your Giants. And so, uh, but it's about a young boy who faced an absolute giant who, against all odds, he defeated this giant. You know this story. So many of you do. And it also, it also involves a nation, a nation that was entirely, entirely, completely shook because of this giant. This giant was able to upset an entire nation. Even the king, who was a powerful man, King Saul, the Bible says that he was head and shoulders above everybody else. He was a big man. He was a strong man. He was a very strong leader and made some mistakes towards the end, unfortunately. But, but nonetheless, he was shook because of a giant that had come and invaded their land and had put out this uh, tribe, if you will. He had put out this uh, speech every morning and every evening that was one of just, of just vile in nature and opposing Israel and daring them to come fight him. So I, I want to get to it. And again, you've already, you're already sensing my analogy. Our giant, our giant is actually this virus. And this giant has been able to just intimidate our country, intimidate our land, intimidate our leaders. In fact, if you'll notice, it seems like all the leaders blame each other. You should have done this. You should have done that. When in hindsight, everyone came in late in the game. And so we have a nation that is pretty much on lockdown. Now, we're hearing that this might begin to lift in different places. In fact, I'm certain it's going to because the people are starting to raise up and, and uh, they're, they're coming to their governments. They're, they're going outside of the state courts and state houses and they're protesting. They're saying, enough of this. We do not want to lock down anymore. We want our jobs back. We want to go back to work. And so we are going to see some changes towards this. We know that, right? But on the other hand, there is still a lot of fears. There are a lot of changes that uh, we're not going to go completely back to normal. It's going to take an extremely, extremely long time before normal ever gets back into the entire picture. So I, I, want, to, uh, I want to make that, that comparison, if you will, that the giant we face right now is the virus, and our approach to defeating this virus, I believe, is laid out perfectly by a young boy who was not even old enough to join the army. His older brothers, he had three older brothers who were in the army, 
And they despised him when they found out that he was even around the camp. They accused him of, you're just here so you can watch the battle, so you can watch what's going on. And he was there because God sent him there, actually. And so I'm going to be reading a significant amount of text, and I'm going to do it quickly. But if you haven't had your Bible reading in for a couple days or this last week, well, hey, I'm going to make up for it. And it's such a great story. Wouldn't you just love to hear it again? Are you ready? So 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 4 through 11. I'm reading from the New King James Version. And it says, And a champion went out from the camp of the Philistines, named Goliath, from Gath, whose height was six cubits and a span. He had a bronze helmet on his head, and he was armed with a coat of mail, and the weight of the coat was 500 shekels of bronze. And he had bronze armor on his legs and a bronze javelin between his shoulders. Now the staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam, and his iron spearhead weighed 600 shekels. And a shield-bearer went before him. So let me just stop right there. So we have a a man, an anomaly, a giant, who's over nine feet tall. You know, many years ago, I thought for something fun, just to uh, give an illustration how tall the giant was. For those of you who know Pastor Ryan, uh, Ryan Little, he was the youth pastor here at that time. And I asked Ryan, who's a big guy himself, if he would get up on our 12-foot ladder, and, or, or 8-foot ladder, and it was right over there by where the drums were at. And, and he got up really high, and we measured it off to where we think it was, like around 9 foot 6 inches. And just to say, this how, is how tall Goliath would have been. Now, because Ryan's a big guy, Ryan kind of looked like Goliath in that, in that regard. So I don't know if you're watching, Ryan, but uh, uh, nothing personal, brother. He, he was a big, strong man, and, and you're a big, strong man. But... This is a huge man, and it says that he wore a bronze helmet and a bronze coat of mail, so that's metal to protect him, that weighed 125 pounds. 125 pounds, he's wearing that on his body. And it says he also wore a bronze leg armor, he carried a bronze javelin on his shoulder, and the shaft of his spear was as heavy and thick as a weaver's beam, and the tip of the iron spearhead weighed 15 pounds. So this man was huge. What he was wearing was extremely heavy. He was well fortified. Imagine, and what you have here is you have the Philistines, and they are the number one enemy of Israel. They brazenly moved into the land of Israel. They were actually on top of a mountain, and they were in the land of of Judah. Judah means praise. And that is not a place the Philistines should have been in, was the land of praise. But that's where they encamped, and it was from there that they would have a shouting match with the Israeli army, and the Israelites were on the opposite mountain, and there was a valley in between. And so there was a standoff. For 40 days, this giant, who was a representative of the Philistines, 
And, and I'm going to read uh, what he had to say. He did this on a continual basis, day and night. Now listen to this, verse 8. Looking at verse 8. Then he stood and cried out to the armies of Israel, and he said to them, Why have you come out to line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine, and you are the servants of Saul? Choose a man for yourselves, and let him come down to me. If he is able to fight with me and kill me, then we will be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then you shall be our servants and serve us. And the Philistine said out loud, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. Verse 11, when Saul, King Saul, and all Israel heard the words of the Philistine giant, they were dismayed and they were greatly afraid. Can I just stop again? Isn't that what, what has happened in our country? There are so many who are afraid. There are so many who are dismayed. What is being said now by the president, but he's not the only one, that we may start seeing a high percentage of people dying, not from the virus, but from depression and suicide. Because there is such a fear of the future. There is such a fear of the right now. There are those of you who, you've been in your house way too long and you want out, you want this to be over with, you want to go back to your job. You want the kids back in school. The kids want to be back in school. Those who, uh, who, are, going, who are college students, they want to be back at their university, at their college. Depression can easily set in because of this giant that has invaded our land. He doesn't belong here. It doesn't belong here, but it is here anyway. And there are so many similarities that I see here. And so not only was the army of Israel shaken, but it says King Saul was shaken. We all know as the leader, you cannot be shaken. You've got to set forth an example, a courageous example. And, but this wasn't happening because the oppression of this giant and his evil words, and his evil words. So we read the, the next few verses. We start with uh, verse 32. It says, then David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. Hey, come on, somebody. You know what? This is a kid. We just read that everybody's depressed. Everybody is down. Everyone's afraid, even the king. So who comes in to give the word of encouragement? Who says, we can do this? It's a young man, again, who's not even old enough to join the army by the name of David. Hallelujah. Let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. Wow. Then we read in verse 33, 
in the next several verses as well. And Saul said to David, you are not able to go against the Philistine to fight with him, for you are a youth, and he is a man of war from his youth. But David said to Saul, I love this, man, this young man was incredible. He says, but king, your servant used to keep his father's sheep, and when a lion or a bear would come and take a lamb out of the flock, I went after it. I struck it, and I delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it rose up against me, I caught it by its beard and struck and killed it. He sounds like he's evangelistically speaking sometimes, but, I mean, that is quite a story. For anyone to take on a lion, anyone to take on a bear, let alone a young man, but that's what happened. God gave him the strength. God gave him the power. Well, let me go on. You'll, you'll see what I'm talking about as I, as I pull this together. Verse 36. Your servant has killed both lion and bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. Moreover, David said, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, well, he will deliver me from the hand of the Philistine. And Saul said to David, go, and the Lord be with you. Saul relented. Saul had what we call a witness, a witness down in his spirit. Sometimes you get the witness from the Holy Spirit about something. And you know it's got to be the Holy Spirit because it doesn't make sense. It, it doesn't register to your logic, to your intellect, that this could happen. This young man surely couldn't take on this giant. But then this young man couldn't, shouldn't be able to take on a giant bear or lion. But he had. And note, and I love this, he said, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the bear. Who did he give credit to? He gave credit to the almighty God of giving him the ability and the strength to take really supernatural strength to take upon himself this lion and this bear. And maybe it's been multiple times as far as we know. Hallelujah. And again, the king said, do it. Go and the Lord be with you. And the Lord be with you. So hallelujah. David made his case. He made his case because he knew this is where my strength comes from. This is where my strength comes from. Friends, we need a whole lot of Davids to be raised up. Believers who are filled with faith. Now, I know this is controversial, and I don't want to be controversial. It's just a reality. And sometimes we, we've had uh, uh, disagreements of, of pastors and churches who feel like they need to continue to have church and if that's what they decide, then that's what they decide. We've decided not to because of the possibility of infection. 
Just a week ago, uh, a minister, a pastor of a church in another state, well thought of, large church, 65 years of age, well known, the governor knows this individual, and he was preaching away that God is bigger than the disease. Now, how many of us would agree wholeheartedly with that? And that was his reasoning for continuing to meet. However, he died a week ago of the virus. And now his daughter made a statement pleading with people, please do not underestimate this disease. And so what I'm saying is we have sometimes a different approach, but we all feel the same in that God's power is ultimate. The blood of Jesus Christ is ultimate. We're looking for some reasoning as well, intertwining the wisdom of what to do. And so, again, this is a whole other case, but I want to encourage Young Davids out there, young ladies out there who are believers, and you are feeling a welling up within your spirit. In fact, oh, hallelujah, I'm praying supernaturally right now by the power of the Holy Spirit, especially, I don't know why, especially just because maybe it's because of David, but some young people, young people, and I hope there's some young people who are watching this. Maybe there's some parents of young people that you want to encourage them to rewatch this. But I am encouraging you, young person, that God can use you. He can use you in ways that you would never thought possible. What may be a giant in the eyes of someone else, in your eyes, could be totally feasible. And not just feasible, but doable. You want to be one of those people who are not just hearers of the word, but doers of the word. I'm praying that God would raise you up. And you're saying, well, to do what? Be a David. Be a David. And I'm talking specifically, specifically in your prayer time. You be bold. You be strong. You be courageous. And you pray against this giant that has invaded our land, who's in the land that should be the land of praise, Judah. But instead, it's been overcome by the presence of the enemy and the darkness of this giant. Hallelujah. We just sang a couple songs that were purposed for this day. Our God, our God is greater. Hallelujah. You know what? That is 100% truth. Any other so-called God is really not a God. It's a man-made God. There is only one God, and he is creator of all things, our heavenly Father. Our God is greater. Our God is stronger. Hallelujah. He's awesome in power. He's a healer. Hallelujah. So we see David. And it says in, in 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 38. And I'll give you a preamble real quick. Now King Saul is going to help 
David out. He's authorized him to go to battle. Now what it says in verse uh, 38, it says, Then Saul dressed David in his own tunic. He put a coat of armor on him and a bronze helmet on his head. Verse 39, David fastened on his sword over the tunic and tried walking around. Because he was not used to them, though, he said, I cannot go in these. He was doing this. He was no way, shape, or form able to go into battle. He's not going to be able to fight. Can you imagine if this, if this blasphemous giant saw him coming, struggling to go up the hill towards him with a sword as big as he is, with armor that's weighing him down, he can hardly see out of the bronze helmet that he has. The giant would have laughed until maybe he would have died of a heart attack. Maybe it would have worked. David said, I cannot use your armor. It's not meant for me. It is too heavy. I'm not used to it. You see, David, David was young. He was... Uh, he didn't wear any armor when he was out there watching the sheep, guarding the sheep. When he went against the lion, he went against the bear and other animals. Well, he was fast afoot. He could move fast. He was a great warrior. And he was someone who needed to be set free from the normal armor that you would find someone who's in the army in the days of Israel. He couldn't use all of that. And so it says here that I cannot go in these, he said to Saul, because I am not used to them. And there's a lesson for us as well. Don't try to wear someone else's armor. Don't try to wear someone else's weaponry. Sometimes we speak Christianese. It's another language that Christians have. And we have all kinds of pet phrases that we say and we use. I'm guilty of it. But let me tell you what. We need to fight this giant with the power of the Holy Spirit that is happening uniquely inside of each one of us. Uniquely. Hallelujah. Your unique anointing. A unique anointing. That means it's really for you. And so we look and we read what took place. And it says, so he took them off. Then he took his staff in his hand and he chose five smooth stones from the stream. He put them in the pouch of his shepherd's bag. He's got his shepherd's bag. And with his sling in his hand, he approached the Philistine, oh, now I know you're watching now because now we're getting to the nitty-gritty part of the story. We're getting to the most fun part of the story, if you will, but the most inspirational part of the story. And verse 41 says, Meanwhile, the Philistine, or Goliath, with his shield-bearer in front of him, kept coming closer to David. Remember, they're separated by a valley. And now David 
is moving his way. In fact, he's not just moving his way, he's running his way. And it says, it says that, Meanwhile, the Philistine with his shield bearer in front of him kept coming closer to David. He looked David over, and he saw, as he got closer, I don't think Goliath had the best vision. And it says that as he got closer, he saw that he was little more than a boy, glowing with health and handsome. And he was probably jealous because I'm thinking he was severely ugly. And the Bible says, and he despised him. He despised him. And he said to David, oh, you got to know, he yelled out. And he said, I'll give your flesh to the birds and to the wild animals. He was enraged. David walked into range once he had ran through. And when I say raged and range, he knew where to go and he knew where not to go. He knew the limitations of this giant with all of this weight, with this javelin. He knew how far he could throw that javelin. You go into a, a world record of that has stood for many, many, many years in the decathlon is about 94 feet just past that. No one's even come close to it for years and years and years. A man from the Czech Republic. And that's throwing a javelin that is less than two pounds. One and three-quarter pound. And lofting that baby as they run forward. So how far do you think Goliath was going to toss that weaver type of, of pole that has a 15-pound a iron uh, warhead on the end of it, how far do you think he was going to throw that? His other weapon was his sword. Well, he's going to have to be in close proximity. David, David had just picked out his bullets out of the stream, and he picked them up. He got five of them, put them in a shepherd's bag. He's got one in his hand. And he is running, he is running, but he knows where he's going to stop. He knows where he's already gauged it down in his mind. You see, he's no dummy. He's fought against the bear. He's fought against the lion. And yes, God is with him, but God has also given him intelligence and wisdom and, and experience. And now he is running and he's starting to slow down. And you got to know that the sound is deafening. You've got, not army, but armies, talking about just the Philistines alone, they gathered their armies, plural, on top of this mountain. And as they see all of this, what are the, you know what? They know that David is just going to be totally shred to pieces. And they have to be yelling and screaming. This is like a, like a football game. This is like some, a soccer game. It's something that... They are cheering on Goliath. And it's got to be deafening. On the Israel, Israeli side, I'm thinking it's as quiet as can be. Not a sound. Maybe a few really spiritual holy soldiers are saying, 
Oh, God, help him before he dies. They're just not seeing it. You see, none of the soldiers, some of them mature, great warriors, none of them volunteered to take on that giant. None of them. But David did. And no doubt it's pretty quiet. And then there's some other voices from at least three soldiers who are saying, that stupid brother of ours, that little brother of ours, always arrogant, always doing something to annoy us. Now look at what he's doing. He's making a fool out of our family. He's just going to get himself killed you got to know that that's going on because they'd already ridiculed him. They'd already had ridiculed him for being there. And think of what's happening with this giant. The closer he gets, the more vile that comes out of his mouth. The more vile, vicious language. And you know what? That happens to any of us. When you want to be used of God, the enemy will become very vile. The enemy will accuse you. You cannot be used because you are not holy enough. You are not sanctified enough. You can't do this. You can't do that. Oh, let me tell you what. That's what was coming out of the enemy's mouth. Language, threats, even towards God taking God's name into vain and swearing against God. You see, Goliath was an enemy of the living God. Oh, wow. But David knew exactly what he wanted to do. And so we read on, it says, David said to the Philistine, verse 45, you come against me. He had to scream it. He would have had to scream it because of all the noise going on. But you see, they were drawing ranks. You come against me with your sword and spear and your javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hands and I will strike you down and I will cut off your head. This very day I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds and to the wild animals and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. You know what? 2,000 plus years ago this story took place and we are knowing it today. The whole world knows this today. It's a prophecy that was fulfilled. Hallelujah. Every time we read it, every time we repeat it, it gives glory to God. Hallelujah. It's not just a good story. It gives glory to God. And it goes on to say, the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. Isn't that true, by the way? We know that there is a God in Israel. Verse 47, all those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves, for the battle 
is the Lord. Say that with me. For the battle is the Lord. One more time. For the battle is the Lord's. And he will give you, all of you, into our hands. Woo! I'll tell you what. That is powerful. That is powerful. Verse 48. So it was when the Philistine arose and came and drew near to meet David, that David hurried and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. Verse 49. Then David put his hand in the bag. He took out a stone, and he started doing this. You see, David was a slinger. He was a slinger. He used a sling as his primary weapon. Even in the armies, you would find armies that had slingers. They would line up behind the archers because they could actually throw a stone, an obstacle, further and more accurately with their sling than actually the archers could with their arrows. They, it, was, it was an incredible weapon. And now David, he has just put the stone in the little pocket that is made out of leather, that are straps, and it's fairly long, and he is doing this. It's called kinetic energy. And he is whipping that thing around. And he is whipping that thing around. He's got a game plan. He knows exactly what he's doing. He knows exactly, I don't want to get close enough for him to throw that spear. But I know I can reach him from 60 to 70 feet. And, and it's enough to take him out. In fact, at 60 to 70 feet, I did a little research. That's like anywhere between 90 to 100 feet per second. 90 to 100 feet per second. And sometimes those slingers were more valuable than even the archers. And now he is, he is doing this, and he is just, oh, wow. He's ready to let it go. And it says, so to finish, it says that then Dave put his hand in his bag, took out the stone, and he slung it, and he struck the Philistine in his forehead so that the stone sunk into his forehead, and he fell on his face to the earth. You know what happened? In doing some reading about kinetic energy, especially his youth, his strength, that would have the impact of a 45 caliber bullet. That's what hit Goliath. And because David was excellent at his trade of being a slinger, he aimed that sling, that stone and that sling to go smack between the eyes where there was no guard and it hit him, it embedded itself. You know, the slingers, when they were coming against 
uh, other soldiers who even had especially like a leather garment of, of uh, um, a garment of protection that was thick and what have you. It was able to not absolutely or actually penetrate that armor, but it would hit them so hard that they would die of internal injuries. And our, our David, he went up there and he killed that giant, hallelujah, knowing exactly what he wanted to do. And it goes on to say in verse 50, it says, So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone and struck the Philistine and killed him. But there was no sword in the hand of David. Therefore David ran and stood over the Philistine, took his sword out, drew it out of its sheath. And I'm trying to think of how heavy, I've actually got a couple swords. And to think of how heavy the sword of Goliath had to be. He got that thing up in the air and he brought it down and he beheaded the giant. He took his head off. And it says, he cut off his head with it, and when the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, and by the way, when he fell, all that noise up on top of the hill of those armies got quiet. Can't hear anything now. You just, only thing you could hear was that giant hitting the ground. Oh, but now, Oh, but now, the Israeli army, they're witnessing something that they cannot believe, especially three men who are brothers to David, who are saying, that's our brother! That's our brother! He's, oh, he's from our family. Oh, he's always been excellent with, with, with taking out bears and lions. But there is a loud sound. In fact, it even says this. And when the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, they fled. Now the men of Israel and Judah rose up and they shouted. And they pursued the Philistines as far as the entrance of the valley into the gates of Ekron. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, we need Davids. Raise up Davids. May there be a spirit of David in you. A spirit of David, who is a prayer intercessor inside of you. May you take authority over that which a sword or a shield will not work. But the battle is the Lord's. Follow me on this. Can we not agree that while we have all the science, and hallelujah for it, vaccines are being developed, hallelujah for it, the battle actually is the Lord's. It belongs to the Lord. The battle belongs to the Lord. Can I suggest something to you right now? I, I know there's lots of speculation. New York City has been horribly, horribly hit. Lots of deaths. But throughout the country, there are many who are thinking, man, this, this, Virus wasn't as bad as they said it was going to be. There are some states that they've had no stay-at-home uh, policy. They have thought, well, we're going to trust our people to do that which is smart. 
And many are thinking right now, okay, there's some terrible things that have happened. There are deaths. But this isn't as bad as we thought it was going to be. The projections are being brought down now by our own uh, scientists who are on the, on the presidential committee for combating this thing. Could I suggest something to you? Maybe then doubt the science or doubt what was thought was going to happen. Maybe we can say, oh, we have been praying. Come on. Somebody. Could it be the Lord has listened to our prayers? That is the, the power of this thing not having been fulfilled like they said it was going to be, could that be because of all the believers in this country who are lifting up their prayers to the Heavenly Father, praying for a stay? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let me share something else that I think is interesting. Uh, I was just doing some reading. Then I did some more reading. Then I did some more thinking. So it's more Gary Peterson than thus saith the Lord. You got that? (laughs) So there's a verse that says, For 40 days, every morning and evening, the Philistine champions strutted in front of the Israelite army. The number 40 in the Bible is normally, it's a number that talks of uh, testing and of trial. And to give you some examples, we've got rain pelting the Noah's Ark for 40 days and 40 nights. It was a trial, wasn't it? We've got rain during the time of Moses. As he lived in, uh, his, they lived in Egypt and for 40 days, or 40 years, I'm sorry, for 40 years in the in the desert, before God allowed them to get out of slavery totally, completely. The children of Israel wandered, in other words, for 40 years in the wilderness. And for 40 days, the spies went out and spied the land. For 40 days, Goliath taunted Israel day and night. Jesus was tested in the wilderness. Satan tested him. This is for 40 days as Jesus was, was uh, fasting and praying. Now, interesting, I, at least it is to me, I was doing, I was looking at my calendar. I already told you I've been really super confused about days and dates here lately. Well, I started going back. You know, right now, we are right in that mix of 40 days, a little bit shy, a little bit over of 40 days. It's kind of interesting. And now we're starting to see a little bit more of a conclusion. None would disagree with the fact that we've been going through a test, a trial. We've been going through something agonizing. And I've got great news, though. Great news is our God is greater. Our God is bigger. Our God is stronger. Our God is awesome. Our God is a healer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
and he's higher than any other. Praise the Lord. We face a giant, folks. It seems like it's starting to, to tip in a good way towards us. But we still need to be sending our prayers up. The idea of having uh, seven days of prayer and fasting, however you want to do that, I pray that you would be part of it. Maybe you already have that going on in, in your church. You know, do, do, do whatever. But let's be a part of being the answer. And the answer is the battle belongs to the Lord. But we need to be his servants who are lifting up his name and saying, oh God, we are beseeching you. We are coming to you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Again, I pray for you right now. If you are you're sick in body, if you're sick in mind, if you're sick in, in body, then I just want to just pray over you in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. The Bible says, is any sick among you? Call for the elders of the church and let them pray over them, anointing them with oil. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise them up. See, we don't raise anybody up. We are the ones who pray. We are the ones who anoint. And if you are in need of healing, I'm praying that right now, in the name of Jesus, God will touch your lungs, will touch your kidneys, will touch your mind, will touch those areas of your body that need to be uh, healed by His saving power. And I'm praying right now that, that you would receive a miracle from the Lord. A miracle from the Lord. Come on. Hallelujah. A miracle from the Lord. And I'm asking that you would call out unto his name. And I'm praying again for David's to be raised up, for Miriam's to be raised up, for Deborah's. Remember Deborah? One of the greatest warriors in the Old Testament, a judge. Hallelujah. Let's be a David. Praise his holy name. We thank you. We praise you, almighty God, for all that you've done for us. As we leave right now, we ask that you would allow us to be your hands, your feet, your mouth, O oh Lord. And we ask it in the precious name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Listen to this uh, chorus a little bit as we, as we close. Yes. That is who you are. Touching, every Touching everything. I worship you. Oh, I worship you. I worship you. May you, you be blessed. Here. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Every Go I worship you. I worship you.